Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast, where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe that God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back. We are talking today about part two of our conversation about counseling. What is mental health counseling? How do I connect with a great counselor? So if you did not listen yet to part one, where we talked about the five situations in life that most typically bring people into the counseling process, as well as the different types of counselors that are out there, what's a life coach versus a biblical counselor versus a psychiatrist or a therapist. We talked through all those different terms, all those different names, and hopefully provided some clarity on what they are. So if you have not yet listened to part one, I would definitely recommend checking that out. It's going to provide a really helpful framework for what we're talking about today in part two, which is, okay, if I've decided I want counseling, I do think that would be helpful. How do I get connected with the right counselor and what can I expect from the counseling process? So you might jump in right here. If you've already decided, oh, I don't need to think about all that. I want counseling, then you can start right here. But for most of us, it will be helpful to um, have some clarity about the options that are available and the life situations that might lead you to think about counseling. So. Let me start off with a quick disclaimer. I gave the same one in part one, but just in case we are starting fresh today, I am a licensed professional counselor and a licensed marriage and family therapist in the US in South Carolina. This podcast though is not therapy. Nothing I'm recommending today is professional or personal advice. And if you are located outside of the US or maybe even outside of South Carolina, you may find that the process of connecting with a great counselor is a little bit different where you are located. Um, But just know that that is where I'm coming from, my own experience with the mental health field. I also want to normalize for all of us that professional counseling is not a magic wand and it is absolutely not a replacement for the Holy Spirit moving in your life. So if you are struggling in some way, my first recommendation always is to reach out to your local church. Meet with your pastor, get connected with a women's Bible study. I don't know exactly what's offered in your specific location, but I do know that God has designed the church to care for and support and equip the members of the church. So there certainly are situations where reaching out to your church is not possible or is not um, maybe the best option. Maybe something happened where your church is a part of the problem. So I know there are situations where you might not reach out to your church, but generally speaking, that is a really helpful starting point when we think about how do I find the right counselor? That may or may not be the end of your journey, but your pastor should know what's going on in your life so that they can pray for you, so that they can help you and encourage you, and quite possibly so that they can suggest local counselors or local resources that are going to be helpful for you. 
So with all of that in mind, let's start our conversation about how do I find the right counselor? And then we will close out today with a little bit about what you can expect in those early counseling sessions. So first and foremost, the research is very clear that the most important element in finding counseling helpful, in, in uh, experiencing it as a positive experience, is the relationship built with your counselor. If you feel heard, cared for, and respected in a professional manner, then you are likely to find the counseling process helpful. And what that means is that number one, there's probably not some uh, magic intervention or perfect therapeutic model that is going to solve your problem. You will most likely find the greatest benefit of counseling is the relationship that you build with the person that you're sitting down with, the counselor, the therapist, the life coach, whoever it is that you are meeting with. That being said, it also means that it's okay to try out a counselor for a few sessions and then switch. If you are not connecting with them, if you feel like they are not a good fit for you, that's okay. I tell people that all the time when they come meet with me for counseling that, you know what, I'm not going to be the perfect fit for everyone. I certainly always try to be respectful and kind and compassionate and to help people. But the reality is not everyone's personalities click and not every therapist has the same approach. Some therapists are very, uh, very directive, very tough love, very, I'm going to tell it to you like it is. And other therapists are very... Um, I guess I would say emotional. They want to connect with those emotions. They want to be compassionate. They're going to hear you out and empathize with you, but maybe not make a lot of suggestions as far as action steps. Neither one is right or wrong, but different people are going to want something from their therapist. And so if you find after a few meetings that this is just not really clicking for me, this is not helpful, I always recommend try a different counselor because their approach might be a better fit for what you're going through. Yes, that's awkward, but you know what? That's okay. And if your therapist is actually a professional, a mature person, they're going to be totally fine with that because ultimately we as therapists, we want you to receive the healing and the help that is best for you. So the five considerations that I think are necessary when you think about how do I find the right counselor is to start there with the emotions. Do I feel comfortable with this person? Are they, um, are they showing me warmth? Are they showing me non-judgment? Are they accepting me and willing to talk with me? Do, they, do I feel comfortable with them? Second is that you're gonna wanna think about the finances. Can I afford this person's fees? That is simply a reality of the mental health field. Even Christian counselors charge money typically for their time and their expertise. We all have families to feed. We all have to uh, run our business. And so some counselors are quite expensive and others are much more affordable. And so you want to think about, can I realistically afford this person's fees if I need more than two or three sessions? You're also gonna wanna think about location. Can I easily access this person? Now I'm recording this in summer of 2021 and um, teletherapy, like online therapy, is becoming more and more of a thing. And I don't personally have a lot of experience with that, so I'm not gonna speak today to 
the pros and cons of connecting by teletherapy versus face-to-face. Um, I, I'm probably biased. I do think there are a lot of benefits of face-to-face, but I am, it's kind of on my to-do list to do a lot more research about teletherapy because right now I don't have a lot of recommendations for people who want a virtual digital teletherapy approach. Um, just because I don't have a lot of experience with that. So I do plan to do more research. Maybe one day I'll have a podcast episode about that and I'll go back and update the, <laughs> the show notes page for this episode at that time. But right now, if you're listening to this live, you want to think about location. If you need to meet with someone online, a lot of people offer that, but you're going to need to make sure your therapist offers that. Um, you're going to want to think about, can I get there easily? Is it far away from my house or close to my house, you know, just making sure it's a realistic fit in case you're going to go every week for the next three months. You know, how easy is it to get there? You also want to think, number four, about the training that that your therapist, your counselor has, and does that line up with what you need, with the situation that you are facing. There are plenty of Um, specialties and and certificates and different things out there so different therapists do tend to have different levels of expertise Um, let's just pause there and I I often identify myself as a marriage and family therapist because I am (laughs) that's what I've been trained in that is my area of expertise that is my specialty I'm licensed as a marriage and family therapist but also as a professional counselor which is a more general Um, you know, wide range of the people that I am prepared and equipped to serve. But there are people, I mean, here in South Carolina, again, if you're listening to this in real time, it's pretty recent that they have just authorized a new license for addictions counselors. So if you need help for a drug addiction, you're going to want to work with someone who has expertise and is prepared and trained to deal with substance use. That is not my area of expertise. I do work with people sometimes on on the ways that that impacts their family or some of their own personal habits, ways of thinking that influence or are a part of their drug use. But the specific addiction is not something I am trained and equipped to address specifically. And so if people come to me for counseling in that area, I have a list of people that I would refer them to to say, I think this person might be a better fit for you. So training is a part of it. If you need a specific expertise, then you want to make sure that you connect with a counselor who is ready, prepared, and trained to deal with that issue. And then the fifth area that you're going to want to consider is your faith. Are you, how important is it to you, I should say, to work with a Christian counselor? Or, you know, maybe if you need a specific issue like like substance use addiction, um, is that more important to you than necessarily working with a counselor who is also a Christian? Now, that being said, there, there are pros and cons about that. Um, I actually was a little surprised when I was in graduate school. I did a fair amount of research about um, faith-based counseling and you know how necessary is it as far as achieving the positive outcomes that research would evaluate. How necessary is it that you work with a counselor who is of the same faith background as you? And um, it actually, at least at that time, the research showed that people were pretty split. About 50% of Christians who were pursuing counseling specifically did not want a Christian counselor. They didn't want their faith, their spirituality to be a part of the conversation. 
whereas the other 50%, that was a really high priority for them. That surprised me at the time. And since then, uh, my most recent counseling work has been specifically in a Christian counseling agency. And so pretty much everyone coming into this center uh, or the center where I used to work, I'm not currently seeing clients, um, they wanted that Christian perspective. But you just need to identify for yourself how urgent is it, how important is it that that is specifically a part of the conversation in therapy. I will say with that, I don't think there's a right or a wrong with how you answer that question, but I absolutely am confident that you need to find a therapist, a counselor, a life coach, whoever it is, who respects your Christian beliefs. I am in the mental health world, and I can tell you that the general secular perspective on mental health counseling is a bit negative toward faith and spirituality. Um, The generic spirituality, like, I don't know, there's all sorts of worldviews out there, Um, but the modern, like, just uh, dig into your heart and find yourself, love yourself, all that kind of thing is very popular in the mental health field. And so I do know, personally know, other therapists who are very negative about the idea of Christianity. And I would hope that they don't bring that into their counseling, that they're not specifically um, belittling people's faith if they came to them. But I do know in conversation with them outside of the therapy room that sometimes that comes across. And so I only bring that up because I want you, if you do pursue counseling, to make sure that you're connecting with a therapist who is respectful of your beliefs. Now they they should be, if they're following all the ethical codes and, and doing all that, then yes, they will be respectful of your beliefs, even if they personally disagree with them. Um, but we all know you can't turn off your brain. And I tell people that all the time as a counselor, you may or may not be a Christian client who's coming to me, but I am. And I just want to be upfront about that because I'm not able to turn off that part of my brain, that way that I think about and understand the world. That is true for all of us. So it's worth thinking about, number one, do I have an emotional connection with this therapist? Do I feel comfortable with this person? Number two, can I afford to work with this person? What are the financial considerations? Number three, location. Can I easily access this person? Number four, training. Do they have the expertise to help me with my situation? And number five, what is their faith? Either you want specifically a Christian counselor or maybe you specifically do not care or you don't want that to be a part of the conversation. Um, But certainly, if nothing else, to make sure you are working with someone who is respectful of your beliefs, even if they don't necessarily agree with them on a personal level. So with all of that in mind, let me um, share a few of my recommended resources. So part of my thinking in even doing this two-part series is, well, as I mentioned in the intro of part one, like I can't believe I have a podcast and I haven't, and I am a counselor and I haven't even talked about (laughs) counseling. So that was just a silly wake-up call for myself. Um, But also a few of you have reached out to me um, on Instagram or email, you know, wondering okay, yes, the podcast is not therapy, but could I see you as a therapist? And that is, number one, a huge compliment that you trust me in that way, that you feel comfortable with me in that way. 
and I, I can't speak for the future, but I know right now I'm recording this in summer of 2021 and I am not currently seeing clients. Um, I'm home with my kids and I'm focusing on this digital ministry, the podcast and preparing some digital courses and resources that will come available, you know, whenever I have time to (laughs) to really finish them. But I'm not doing the direct one-on-one or um, sitting down with a couple. I'm not doing counseling in that way right now. And I always want to have resources to recommend to people because I know that it takes courage and vulnerability to reach out for help. And when I need to say, I'm so sorry, I can't help in that way. I'm not that person for you. I want to make it as easy as possible for people to then move on to another option. So first and foremost, if you are interested in counseling, I would recommend that you reach out to your church, talk to your pastor, and talk to your friends. Like Get personal recommendations in your local community. I've already mentioned I don't have a lot of experience with teletherapy, so uh, generally I would recommend meeting with someone face-to-face. Trust me, as a therapist, you can learn a lot about someone just by sitting in a room with them. Are they tapping their foot? Are they shifting around uncomfortably? Husband and wife come in, do they sit together on the couch or do they sit on opposite sides of the room? Like These are just some of the things I notice as a therapist, and I would expect in teletherapy you might miss some of that. So everything I'm recommending is about face-to-face therapy, but again, I have no doubt there are wonderful therapists out there who do the online therapy. Um, I just don't know as much about that personally. So I would start by talking with your pastor, talking with your friends, find out who they might recommend. And just because they recommend someone, you know, if you're thinking, okay, you worked with that person on your marriage and then horrible things happened, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad counselor, but you might want to take that into consideration. Have you seen the fruit in this person's life from the work that they've done with the person they are recommending? The second piece that I would recommend, especially if finances are a concern, is to find out if you have health insurance, who is in network with your insurance provider. Um, Typically, at least at the time I'm recording this, if you're using your health insurance, your provider, your therapist, they will be required to give you a mental illness diagnosis. Otherwise, insurance is not going to pay for it. So just keep that in mind. Um, That is something to consider. But most insurance companies, at least at the time I'm recording this here in the United States, are required to provide some level of coverage for mental health care. And so that might be um, a great resource to connect with a therapist who you know is going to be affordable for you. The third recommendation that I would have is to find a Christian counselor through a trusted resource. So I specifically, um, I used to be on, I guess I'd say in network, but it wasn't an insurance thing, (laughs) but I was um, associated with Focus on the Family. They have a Christian counselors network. Um, It was a pretty lengthy application process to get approved by them. So You know, I can't speak obviously for every therapist who is associated with them, but I do know that if you go to the website for Focus on the Family, um, and in my show notes, I'll have links for all these resources, you can do a search online to find people in your locality who are associated with Focus on the Family. And so the Christian Counselors Network is one resource that can help you connect with a, a therapist who is specifically Christian. I would also recommend the American Association of Christian Counselors They have a similar online network. Theirs is called the Christian Care Connect Network. And that was just launching um, as I was 
preparing to step away from counseling and go home with my kids. So I was not personally connected with them, but I am a member of the AACC, American Association of Christian Counselors, and um, and they're great. So those two resources, I that's always where I point people to start with. There definitely are, my friend. There are other options out there, but we all need a starting point. And so that is typically what I recommend is for people to Um, Talk with your friends and family and your pastor. Who do they recommend? If you need to, check with your insurance company. Who do they cover? And then um, if if that doesn't lead you to a great place, check online, possibly with Focus on the Family or with the American Association of Christian Counselors, and find out who might be in your area who is taking new clients and um, has at least been vetted to some degree by these Christian agencies. Those are my recommendations for getting connected with a great counselor. But again, that is not an exhaustive list. My friend, there are so many people out there. And if you do connect with someone and you go in and then you feel like this is, no, this, I just don't feel like you're supporting me or I don't think your approach is really what I need personally, it's totally okay to say, you know what, I think I'm gonna try a different approach, a different avenue, a different therapist, and to make an appointment with someone else. It's really unfortunate when that happens because it is emotionally difficult to start counseling and then it's like you have to start over, (laughs) but it's worth it in the long run to make sure you have a great connection with the person who you are trusting with whatever your personal mental health, emotional relationship struggles are. And then let's close out with a few things about what can I expect in that counseling session when I get up the guts and I find the right person and I schedule that intake appointment and I go in, what can I expect? Now, everyone's going to be different. Um, And again, in part one, I talked through like getting pastoral support versus a psychiatrist versus a life coach. Different people are going to have a different uh, intake process, a different initial process with a new counselor. I mean, sorry, with a new client that they're working with. But I'll just tell you what to expect, generally speaking, if you're sitting down with a counselor or a therapist, because that's what I am. (laughs) Um, Typically, there's going to be paperwork that you need to fill out. And some of that is required legally um, and informed consent so that you are acknowledging and signing off on who is this person I'm working with? What fee am I agreeing to? How do I contact them if there's an emergency? You know, there's going to be policies and information that you will need to review and sign off on. And typically there is paperwork as well that you will fill out providing some background on yourself and your situation. Are you married? Do you have kids? What issues are you struggling with? What's your goal for the counseling process? Most therapists are going to start with some paperwork on that side, and then they're going to review it with you. So typically in those first sessions, there's a lot of question and answer because your therapist is going to try to understand who you are, what you're struggling with, what your goals are, and how they can help you. And then you also want to get to know them. They're going to need to be sharing um, not you know, not the same type of information. Are they married? Do they have kids? All that kind of thing. But they are definitely going to need to share with you what is their background, their training, their expertise. What can you expect from the counseling process? Is this a biblical counselor where you're going to open the Bible, but they're not going to bring in other interventions? Or is this someone who maybe specializes in cognitive behavioral therapy and those are the interventions they are going to use? So those early sessions are a back and forth, getting to know each other to make sure you're on the same page about what's going on and 
where it is you want to go, where it is you're heading, the goal that you are working toward. Typically at that point, what you can expect from the counseling process is a kind of a mix of, um, how would I describe it? Part of it will be conversational, like what's going on? Did you try this action step? How did it go? Let's update about that. And part of it for most therapists will include some sort of them making recommendations or action steps that you will need to try on your own for homework. Now, not every therapist is going to do that. Um, Personally, I can only speak for myself, um, but I am a big believer that things are not going to change simply by once a week or however often coming in, sitting down and talking about the issue. Things are going to change when number one, the Holy Spirit is moving and number two, things are actually changing at home or in your head on a day-to-day basis or, you know, whatever your issue might be. But simply coming into the counseling room does not create change all on its own. You have to be an active participant in the process. I had a client once who described it as, um, you know, just because you're sitting in the garage doesn't mean that you're a car, which is true. I can sit in the garage, but I'm not a, I'm not a car. And just because you're sitting in the counseling room doesn't mean that you are getting um, the benefit of that, the healing from that, the change from that. All it means is you're a person sitting on a couch talking to someone. And so I say that as a little bit of tough love, because if you think that you need help, you need healing, you need something to change in your life, you want to connect with a great counselor, but you are going to have to be able and willing to work with them, to be vulnerable with them, open with them, honest with them, and be willing to try different things. That doesn't mean you have to try everything that they suggest, but be willing for yourself in your interactions and your behaviors to be changed in the process. So my friend, with all of that in mind, we have talked through in part one about what is counseling, uh, when might it be helpful for you, what are the different options available as far as who to work with. And then today in part two, we've talked through how to find a good counselor, how to know if you're connecting and what to expect from the counseling process. I would really encourage you, my friend, to reach out to me if you have questions about anything that I've talked about really on the podcast as a whole, but certainly with this conversation. You can connect with me on social media. It's at loveyourpeoplewell. You can send me an email. There are a lot of resources as well on my website. It's loveyourpeoplewell.com. There are several free resources that would be helpful for you, for your family. Um, There's show notes for every episode that we have of the podcast with kind of a summary and highlights and uh, specific resources that I would recommend related to that topic, whatever that topic might be. But my goal is that the Love Your People Well ministry is bringing biblical encouragement, mental health tips, and practical relationship strategies to help you, not just to get knowledge out of my head and kind of into the world, but to help you with your family, with your loved ones, with your spiritual growth, so that you can love your people well. And if you have questions about that or topics that you'd like for me to cover, please reach out and let me know because I would love to connect with you. I would love to support you. And I hope that this two-part series about what is counseling and how to get started with a counselor, I hope that this has been helpful for you. 
So friend, make sure to hit the follow button or subscribe button on your podcast player so that all the new episodes pop right there into your phone. And I would love it if you would leave a written review for this podcast to help our ministry grow, to help more and more people connect with what we are doing here at Love Your People Well. All right, that's all I have for you today, my friend. Hugs and blessings. I'll talk to you soon. Hey friend, before you go, if this episode was helpful or encouraging for you, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. It not only encourages me, it helps other women connect with this community. And you know what else? You have a chance right now to love your friends well. Copy the link to this episode and send it in a text to someone who you know needs to hear today's conversation. Or just take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at loveyourpeoplewell.